the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now, back to Lifeline. We are back. The time is 6.20 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Ready to answer your questions. Ready to engage your thoughts. Engage your challenges, even. one 367 As long as we have the freedom to have free discourse in our nation, there is a possibility of the truth prevailing. Whether you have the truth or I have the truth or somebody else has the truth and we don't, let's hear the actual truth. Um, but it's only going to happen in the context of freedom and uh, courage. one 367 Let me go to line number four and talk with Josh in San Francisco. Josh, are you there? Ah, yes. Can you hear me? I sure can. What's your question or comment, sir? Wonderful. You know, I actually called a few months ago before the pandemic. Um, we were talking about the border wall. I don't know if you recall. I, I, I do, but it was more changed. than a few months ago. That was almost two years ago. Two year years? Year and a half. Wow. Okay. That's a, wow, that's fast, huh? <laughs> well, What's your thoughts? Uh, I was listening to you, and... All of a sudden, I remembered what was that solution. If you recall, that conversation ended with me saying, the Bible has a solution. It's there somewhere. And um, I can't help but draw the example from, from Israel, where they wanted to build up their, their fencing because they were a reproach upon the other nations. Right. And not only that, but... I know that there's this other side to the whole debate about the individuals coming across the border needing humanitarian aid. And then I remembered the parable from from Jesus who talked about who is our neighbor and what do we do to help them. Right. And, And I thought, why not put those two together in that even though putting up a wall would deter individuals from coming across, it would offer the protection from the criminal elements. But not only that, humanitarian aid coming from nonprofits would be more equipped than the communities here subsidizing the individuals coming from over there while they're having their court day approaching. And if nothing else, because that wouldn't, that wouldn't solve the issues inherent in the countries that they're immigrating from, well, then that's where the power of the gospel comes in where it tackles the root causes being their, their, their defunct values that they come from. I, um, I actually agree with your premise, uh, Josh. I think you have a a very good biblical solution, uh, three part assessment, um, build a wall. Uh, obviously anybody that knows about the, uh, right and responsibility of uh, property ownership uh, 
and the necessity of, of distinguishing your property from somebody else's property means you have to build at least a gate. You have to draw a line, establish borders. That's only logical. Uh, we're dealing with some huge uh, geopolitical issues here, uh, Josh, when it comes to the controversy in Washington around borders. But getting back to the just basic logic of borders, obviously borders don't automatically keep people out. It restrains their flow in. It means we have control of who comes in, uh, how many come in, and in what manner they come in. And if a society is not willing to exercise that kind of level of responsibility in terms of everything from uh, epidemics and hygiene, uh, economics, uh, social welfare, criminal elements, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, then our government is uh, anti-gospel and anti-biblical. So if we love them, we would make sure that they come through the front door, not over the fence, not the back way like the thief and the robber does. Jesus said it in John 10, the, the, the wolf and the thief climbs over some other way, does not come through the front door. And we know that you cannot have people coming in, meaning any good, who come any other way than through the front door. We could do a better job of that as well. Uh, and then, as you stated, when it comes to altruism and uh, uh, philanthropy and uh, and charitable uh, charitable services, we can do all that. That can be done. We are obligated to be our brother's keeper, as you gave the parable of the Good Samaritan. We can do all that as long as our government is not constantly trying to rip us off as the American citizen, particularly the middle class socialist policies that fundamentally are destroying our jobs. And, uh, uh, and making other countries rich, as such as China, which is what's going on here. Uh, this is a travesty, and I'm slipping into that discourse now because the audience needs to know, and that's this. Uh, over this period of COVID up to now, the, the multitude of jobs that have been lost here in America is outrageous. The, the, the number of jobs, the number of businesses, the number of persons and people and families that have been devastated. I saw the numbers earlier. I may pull them up after the break. We're talking about hundreds of millions of people who are now in poverty, who would not have been in poverty had we dealt with COVID the more appropriate way. But this gets back to what the agenda was all about. Bring Americans to their knees, drape them in fear, and then make them completely complicit to whatever the narrative of our government says. And now all of a sudden we are slaves to a trajectory and an agenda that basically has our uh, the vast majority of its citizens in a poorer state than we were prior to this COVID thing. Now, everyone that's hearing my voice knows that what I'm saying has an ex has a legitimate measure of truth to it, because when you just look up the facts, it is horrendous what has occurred in our nation and around the world with these lockdowns. So it's a terrible thing not to have borders. It's a terrible thing not to have wisdom in our governance. It's a terrible thing not to have a sound, healthy economic system by which free men and women who are naturally predisposed to giving Listen, when we're making more money, we are much more willing to give. This is clear historically, factually. That's the nature of prosperity. So 
um, a lot of our problems could have been solved if we had much more competent governance over us over the last couple of years. But this is by design, my friend. This is by design. And this is why your president wants to give out stimulus checks. Stimulus checks. 250 for each child, 300 for for parents. This is your new welfare system, you guys. Rather than us having the opportunity to work at jobs where we can make uh, tens of thousands of dollars and hundreds of thousands of dollars and have our own freedom and take care of our own kids, Uncle Sam now is going to print more dollars, which is inflation and then deflation and then the collapse of the currency. And for a couple of years, just give you free money. Shut up and take the money. That's what he's saying. Wear the mask. Shut up. Take the money. We'll take care of you and you're going to be happy about it. That's the way Schwab put it. And that's kind of where we're going if we don't push back against it. Look, thanks for the call, Josh. I'm going to take another break here. 628 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Two lines open. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Uh, three lines open, one 367 I'd love to hear from you. Expand on the topic, challenge the topic, push back against the topic, however way you want to do it. In a free country, as free people, under the free grace of God, we get to talk about these things with boldness and confidence, because one day we just may not be able to have this kind of conversation. You're listening to the Sunday edition of Five Times. We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. And we're back. The time six thirty three on the Monday edition of Lifeline. See two lines open one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Two lines open one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Let's go to line number three and talk with Lynn in Alameda. Lynn, are you there? Hi, Pastor Jesse. Yes, I am. Can you hear? How me? How are you? Again, what's going on? Um. I'm just disappointed in everything I hear in in the media and on on your program. And I just want to make a few comments. Mm-hmm. Um, I just feel like, well, not that I feel, it's what I see and what I do a little research, that everybody is making money off of black people. The rich is making money. The administration, Biden administration, that's why he's sending out more and more stimulus checks. Because what I see out here, when I go take care of my business on a day to day or a week, you know, bi weekly, every establishment that I've been doing business with for over five years and more, I don't see a young black face in any of the establishments. Whether it's a burger joint, whether it's uh, a phone, cellular phone store, cell phone, my brother said like that, but I can't, even the restaurants I, I frequent to over the years, I see none, even Walmart, the Walmart I go to, I see not a one black young, you know, just say the age from 18 to 25. Mm-hmm. There's no one in these establishments. And I, I get a little discouraged and, and hurt, you know, and I, I've been tempting to make some signs and go out and protest by myself. Not to say those things, but I, I want to be careful and I want to be led by the Lord, but I can't sit 
back and just say anything. It's just like we're so docile now as a people. And the young people, I just drove to the store today, and these girls was in front of me. It, we're in the middle of the street. We dri- I'm driving, and it was a car on the left of me. But so if we were at a stop, and I'm thinking the girl was trying to get in the car. Hmm. But she was hollering and screaming at the people in the car. She she was in a van. They were chasing, to make a long story short, they were chasing. She got in the car and started chasing the girl, and it was babies in the car. Sure. And it was just, she was going so fast that she could have, you know, that's like, we don't know what's going to happen. In Oakland, it's been sh- killings every every night on the on the news. Young black people and when when you talk about the uh, immigration every establishment like I said it doesn't matter where it is businesses there's no when I go to Oakland there's no businesses but and I, I try not to be like racist or think on a racial level but it's a reality because I was raised in Oakland. And when I drive through there, I don't even recognize it. It's just too much. I mean, it's just so obvious. And when I hear um, all these celebrities and in the media, the regular media, like they don't show you everything, just the channel, the local channel. So I have to go mm-hmm. online and real news to the real. And so it's propaganda. is people are being just, and I hear the young people, oh, I'll just stay at home. There's no, I'm not kidding. And I don't know if you experience it. If you go, when you go out, the places that, like I say, I've been frequent, you know, going to for so many years, there's no young, you know, the, you know, the burger places where pe- young people will work. Because then I hear them say, well, I'm getting the money. I'm getting the stimulus. I see them spending money, but I don't see it. Any, any any young people working. So I think it's just a tragedy. I think the churches has failed the community because um, nobody is talking out. Nobody is talking about it. I say, am I alone seeing this? And we could see when Biden came in, um, you know, it's just worse. We have a war going on now. We have... I mean, even the big celebrities. I, I have no respect for Oprah, uh, any of them. I can't even watch them. It makes me sick because they're just making money, you know, and they get on these shows and talking about it. It's just sickening. And I just, I don't know what else to do. So I'm I'm a loner. I mean, and, you know, I'll say little things to people, but, you know, they don't want to hear it. So I said, maybe I'll just have to make some signs, get some signs and put out there. But I have to be very careful with what I, what I write. Because- well, <clears throat> you, and I, you and I have had, the, had a conversation a while back about your being a loner. We've had this conversation. And, yes. I, you know, this if I were to stay within the sphere of your subject and talk about the African-American community, is going to be even more painful to tell you the truth of what's happening with the African-American community. And and that you are a loner exacerbates the problem because you're, you're now what you're doing from that position of isolation is you're being critical of every form of institution. 
logically Lynn. I like being alone. I'm not alone like that, but I'm just saying. Okay, so let me ask you. Mm -hmm. So what part, what church are you a part of? Right now, I visit your church a couple of times, and I was raised in the church, so I have no problem with going. I love the but church. I, I, I ask you a very explicit question. Right now, nowhere, because they shut down. Okay. All right. So, so, so this is what I'm getting at, too. Observation of the dilemma is important. You have an observation of the dilemma of the African-American people, not only in, in Oakland, but you would find it in Stockton, you would find it in Sacramento, you would find it all over, particularly where Africans, African-Americans are. You would find this across the nation in many places, particularly in states like ours, Lynn. We have a liberal state and the policies here are not good for poor people. This is coming from Sacramento, quite frankly. It's coming from Sacramento. This is the way it would be as well in New York. You would not find this in states where they have a robust economic system uh, that is uh, equivalent across the board. But you are looking at a syndrome with the African-American community. And I don't know if time would suffice. I I agree with you for being saddened and burdened for the African-American community. And then also agree with you, Lynn, that stimulus checks keep people in a welfare mindset. And as such, there is no incentive to go to work. Why would a young person who receives a stimulus check monthly go and work in a company for $7 an hour or $10 an hour after taxes is only about $6.50 an hour? Why would they do that and make less working than they would if they stay at home and receive the stimulus check? And this is what Many, many sound economists have warned about years ago that you do not thrive under a welfare system where somebody gives you something and you don't have to work for it. And this is a real problem going on now. I don't know if you can motivate a a young teenager to go out and to hazard themselves and be part of a work scenario where they've got to comply with rules and maybe don't like the people that they're working with. There's so much broken in this regard that I don't know if you want to just blame people as a solution, because I don't think that's going to be the way that this gets resolved. If we want to blame somebody, we really want to blame our politicians because they have policies that have created this destructive atmosphere. No, that's what I'm saying. I was born and raised here. I believe you were born in the same area I was born in. Of course. What I'm saying is that what is wrong with, uh, I mean, it's like, this you're right. I mean, I I was born and raised here, so this is not the California that I I, I was raised in. My father worked hard. He retired uh, 37 years or longer at um, Del Monte when it was there, and that's another problem. They took away, and it was subtle because we didn't pay attention. Where they took away all the factories, we had all the major factories, food factories here in the Bay Area. You're and right. So this you is called gentrification. Away, yeah. This is called so this is called gent- this is called gentrification. But that's what I'm saying. But what ha- we went to sleep? What happened? Why we? Okay. You know we. Okay. Are you are you asking the question? or Are you going to answer it? Yeah. No, I want to. I was like, what? Yeah, I'm asking you the question. It's okay. like, did we right. go to sleep or what? Right. Well, that's a good metaphor. You and I got two more minutes before I take a break. It's a really good metaphor. 
uh, going to sleep, right? Because you remember what God said? He said, if a man don't work, don't let him what? Eat. Okay, so let's start right there at that premise. So um, I am absolutely confident that the lines could be filled up with black people who know what it means to not simply succumb to the syndrome of our culture and say, well, just because my partner not working and because my girlfriend not working, my boyfriend not working, my mama not working, my auntie not working, we're all welfare recipients and we, we smoke weed and we sell marijuana, we sell a little heroin and cocaine and, you know, we're in the system and out of the system. I'm not going to get a regular job. We, we know how to put the hustle on. Plus, right now we live in a culture where we can blame the white man on everything, every bad thing that's going on in our life. We can just blame the white man and, and Uncle Sam has already capitulated that our problem is not ours directly. It's the white man's problem because of racism. So I'm not going to do that. However, for every individual that's saying that, there is that individual black man, black woman, black teenager, black uh, parent, black couple who chose not to operate out of that paradigm. And they were able to actually go to school. They were actually able to get a job, stay disciplined. They were actually able to exercise a level of decorum, respect, punctuality. All of these things were called white issues. These are called white tenants a couple of years ago by the pseudo social justice people. And they discovered that people would give them jobs. They knew how hard it was. We know about the hurdles we have to overcome, but we have never, ever not overcome the hurdles when we have wanted to. So the issue is extremely complex. Part of it is government, but the other part we have to own for ourselves. We can never overcome our sins if we don't own our sin for ourselves. This is why I totally reject the social justice movement of pointing fingers at somebody else and not actually owning our own sin because I've seen it growing up myself. Just so many times I've seen growing up myself the fact that if you work hard, no matter how hard you work, the outcome will be that you will prosper in time if you're patient and you trust in God. And you know that's true, Regina, too. I mean, uh, Lynn, too. Let's keep praying that things will turn around. I've got to take a hard break. We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. And we are back. Uh, Lynn, thank you for that call. I mean, it was it was good for us to reflect upon those difficulties. And I would actually say since the uh, since the COVID thing uh, struck, the calamity of, uh, of poor people, African-American, Latino, even Caucasians, the statistics are clear are devastating, utterly devastating. Uh, one day we'll look back and see that it was probably irreparable for some families. Um, this was not a good deal. This was not a good deal. Could have been dealt with differently here in California. It didn't. New York is devastated as well. The statistics are clear. And uh, poverty is massive there. They've got people living in apartment buildings and in hotels that used to be flourishing and thriving. Crime is massive. It's massive. Uh, these were not good policies. They were not good policies on a socioeconomic level and therefore on a uh, on a spiritual and emotional level. Just very, very bad. Let me go to line number two and talk with Regina in San Leandro. Regina, are you there? Hi, Jesse. It's Regina. How are you? Great, Regina. It's been a while. What's you up to? 
it's been a while. I'm trying to keep my sanity, just trying to keep my sanity. I said, Lord God, I just want to be able to turn that television off. I've been in my word for the last year because I decided in myself that, Lord God, there are some things that I don't understand that mm-hmm. you're trying to show me. And so mm-hmm. I began to humble myself. What do you need to get out of me, Lord? What is it that's inside of me that makes me angry with other folk? And when you did, uh, you quoted the scripture just right on time today. Uh, in uh, Second slow. Peter. Yeah, being slow to speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. more listening. The more that I listen to what people's agendas and their perspectives are, I get an understanding. Right. But not everybody is saved. And not everybody is interested in studying the Word of God or interested in what He's saying. There was a woman who sent out a prayer request about a week ago, and she said she wanted us to pray for those that are afraid of getting a vaccination. So I answered her back in an email, and I said, I don't think a lot of people are afraid of the vaccination. We just haven't heard from God that that's something that we should be doing. Amen. And her response, I didn't understand how she responded to me before I could even fire back at her. I just began to pray. I said, Mm -hmm. Lord, let me be calm in my spirit as far as when people have something that they're saying. It doesn't make any sense to me, but they're trying (laughs) to sell it to me as if it does make sense. Mm-hmm. It was such untruth in requesting a prayer that the fear would be removed from people to be the, to be vaccinated. And I right. think this is just some foolishness. I just, I just could not get over. This is a person who is a, a minister, and, and you're coming at the people of God almost as an enemy. And I said, I sure. have to discern very carefully right now what conversations to engage in and which ones to simply listen. I use the term interesting when people begin to give me their speeches about what I should be doing and how come I should be doing it. A friend of mine is laying up in Kaiser Hospital with a blood She got there two weeks ago from taking the vaccination. Sure. And that thing went up her leg and it missed her heart by about two inches. If she hadn't gotten there, she would have been dead. Amen. And so these are the true reports that are coming in that we don't hear on the evening news. The people will be coming closer and closer. Family members are being devastated through job losses, through violence. There are so many things that are going on in the world, but God has already reminded us what these end times look like and what we're to be doing as we go through them. We're still supposed to be his children. We're still supposed to be his people. And so our voices are going to be louder and louder as we're restored. Um, I do hear a lot of discouragement tonight on the line. I just want people to be encouraged that you have to be around the right types of people right now. Iron sharpens iron with the Proverbs 27, 17. Iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. Are the people around his friend? (laughs) You know, are they friends? You are correct on, on a number of levels. First of all, in terms of listening, it's great. That's a great, great principle um, that we all are going to have to continue to um, practice. Hear it out. If it isn't uh, unrational, sometimes, you know, you can speak into it, but you're going to have to be ready to put your shield up because mm-hmm. if the if the proposition comes out irrationally, it's probably going to be also met with irrational emotionalism if you are uh, seeking and attempting to do some correcting. But but the other thing is also true that you stated, Regina, that I think is to be well taken. We need to make sure that we are not succumbing to communities and crowds that are affected by 
oppression, affected by melancholy, affected mm-hmm. by uh, emotional uh, 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 paralysis, because that's partly of what the enemy is doing as well. We want to be as healthy as we can so that we can bring the, the biblical optimistic contingency to the forefront without lying, because this is the this is the tension that we are dealing with which I'm constantly dealing with, uh, being optimistic in terms of truth without compromising our lying in terms of, of the facts. And, and I, I think that will be helpful if we continue to prioritize communion with God as you are asserting, uh, being grounded in God's word and then being patiently available to engage people who are sincerely wanting to engage you. Know, to the larger audience out there, we just need to be careful not to get trapped by people who simply want to dump on you or people yeah. who want to argue because mm-hmm. you're going to have both of those mm-hmm. as well. We got to look for people who are really in need and in doing right. so being able to encourage them in the word of God. And there are plenty of them out there too. You already know that your friend that is uh, dealing with uh, the blood clots, which is just, this is epidemic with the vaccines. And one of the big symptoms with the vaccines is, is blood clotting and uh, a few other things to, uh, to boot. And I, I'm, I'm glad, and I hope that that person is going to be clear of the danger of the blood clotting there. I hope that's the case. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know, it, and what it does is it actually, when you were saying about walking down the street and how people are putting their masks on, those are spirits of fear. So sure. for me, freedom, I'm free. He said, right. when the sun says free, is free indeed. So there's been a sense of freedom since all of this began. And I sure. think that we all have to be mindful of where is that spirit of fear seeping into our lives and where can we uproot it? How can we get it out? Because it has to go immediately. It can't just sit there and just, you know, fester. And I think people are more afraid of each other now than I've ever seen. I have never seen this level of disconnect socially where people don't even smile or they're they're running to get their mask before they say good morning. I mean, it's just foolishness to me. And I look around and say, wow, people are in this bondage. It's a slavery. I look at the word very interestingly yesterday. I I was curious about the word stimulus. So I'm a uh, synonym person, so I always go and I look for the synonyms to different words. And when I got the stimulus, it says stimulant, encouragement, and pet sympathy, a boost, a prompt, an incentive, an inspiration, a motive and motivation for impulse. But we're not experiencing stimulus right now. I, I, I got you. I understand your point, Regina. And bless all of you guys. Uh, keep your eyes on guys. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Communications, all rights reserved.